welcome to the Preston Minster podcast. We want you to find your home, find your purpose and transform your city. As Tim mentioned, Alpha kicks off on Wednesday. Alpha is right at the heart of all things Preston Minster. And often when people come for the first time, whether you've been in church like for one day or 100 years, I don't think there's anybody here that's been here for 100 years. Nonetheless, if it's your first time or you've been tons of times, uh, we would just encourage you to come along to Alpha because it's, it's a great way uh, to go deeper in your faith, but also for people exploring those big questions particularly. It's a course designed for people who don't usually go to church. Um, so they can explore those big questions in a safe, uh, non-threatening environment. And we also like to just celebrate some of the stories and hear some of the stories of people who have done Alpha before. So I'd like to introduce Colin and bring him up to the stage. So Colin, would you like to come up? Give him a warm welcome, guys. Hey, Colin. How are you doing? Testing, testing. No, don't do anything. It'll be, it'll come on, honestly. Um, but Colin, I feel like I'm seeing you all over the place, just at random bus stops. I'm on Instagram, and then you just keep popping Straight up and it. things like that. Um, because obviously you're on a lot of, probably on the flyers. A lot of people are sat on the flyers. I want to say they're sat on you at the moment. There you go. But there you are. Um, but Colin, obviously you've done Alpha fairly recently. Um, but you didn't grow up going to church. Alpha wouldn't have been something that you did kind of a few years back. Tell us a little bit about your life before coming on Alpha and coming to church and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, not at all. Um, I grew up thinking, well, through my family, thinking that science was the way forward and uh, churches were very primitive and very like cult-like. <laughs> and then a couple of years ago, when I was due to be getting married walking out of the club across the street, the esteemed warehouse. Um, we're walking out and we saw the church and we just felt this overwhelming um, feeling of, why don't we just go and check it out? Why don't we just go and have a look? Yeah. And a couple of weeks in, I was starting Welcome and I was helping people and then a couple of weeks after that, I started Alpha. And first thing I noticed when I walked into Alpha was like, a mm, bunch of Christians going to talk about their God and their feelings and I'm just going to be sitting there like, nah. And then it was strange, first week I heard three people in my group were complete atheists and me included and my partner was a complete atheist and we just went, well that's strange because we should be Christian and we're not. <laughs> okay, well I'm just going to talk about my views and that was it. I didn't have to talk about God, I didn't feel pressured, I didn't feel pressured to talk about anything religious, I just got to give my own views and I thought I was really, really good about it. Absolutely. So Colin, you go from kind of coming out of the esteemed warehouse. I won't say stumbling out of, I don't want to make any judgments or anything like I was that. Not but you were coming really out of the warehouse, well done. And you see the minister, you come along, come to church and then come on Alpha. And you find that community to be able to chat through some of these big questions. Um, how, and how did you find the experience of doing Alpha? Like looking back, what was it like? It was so overwhelming. I walked in, I saw the pizza, and I was like, this is what I'm here for. I'm here for the pizza and nothing else. And I'm not going to believe it, I'm not going to live, and that's it. But then by the time I'd finished Alpha, my story was completely different. I thought, okay, the ones that work here, I don't know what that means or how that means or whatever that is, but I feel something different. I feel strange inside, like something's working and something's... 
asking me to just go, you know what, just dig a bit deeper. Just find out what you want to do. Find out where you want to be. And by the end of it, I just thought, okay, well, fair enough. I'll stick around. I'll have a look. And I looked up and just went, don't believe you, know. And he just went, don't matter. <laughs> don't matter if you don't, but you will. <laughs> and that's, that's where it came from. That's amazing, Colin. And then finally, can you tell us a little bit about the difference that it's made in your life? Think about where you've come from, doing the Alpha Course. What difference has Jesus made? What difference has doing the Alpha Course made? Yeah, well, it sounds really strange, but my whole life has grown up. I've not, sent, I've not felt like I've had a family. I've not really felt like I've felt loved by anyone. And I've come to Alpha and I've come to church and now I feel really welcomed and really like there is a family in the community here and I feel like everyone here is just so genuine and nobody's going to push you to do something that you don't want to do it's more of a case of come down and if you feel ready and welcome then we're there to nurture you and to make you feel like the better person that you can be that's awesome that's so good thanks so much Colin can we give Colin a big round of applause thank you so much man So if you want to join uh, Colin on the Alpha course, because Colin's leading a group this term on Alpha, uh, along with a, a bunch of us as well, do come and join us this Wednesday, 7 o'clock, Preston Minster. We'd love to see you there. Bring your friends, your family, your neighbors, the randomers off the street, anyone. Everyone's welcome. And it's going to be such... Uh, a sort of vibe in here on Wednesday evening. This whole place gets transformed and we've got Domino's Pizza and we've got live music and we've got just the opportunity to discuss, to chat in that non-pressured uh, environment. So I'd really encourage you to come down on Wednesday and join us seven o'clock at Preston Minster. We're now going to turn to, uh, to the scriptures and to God's word. So before we do that, should we just bow our heads for a moment? Just take that moment to give this time to the Lord. Lord, we just want to acknowledge that you are in this place. We know that each of us has a choice that's laid before us to lean into the things of the spirit, to lean into the things of the kingdom, the things that you would have for us. But also we know that so many distractions the burdens that weigh us down. And Lord, we pray as we spend this time seeking your face, hearing from you, that you would speak to us powerfully, give us open hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I wanna to talk to you today about choices, the choices that we make. We live in a day and age where there are just so many choices, probably now more than ever, unless you're looking for diesel or petrol a few days ago, in which case there wasn't many choices, but except for that slight blip, there are many choices that are open to us. You only have to head to Tesco's and get yourself to the toilet roll aisle, and you can see how many different type of toilet rolls there are, size packets, different thicknesses, budget, high-end stuff. I don't want to just, I'm not going to get you to sort of shout out what kind of toilet paper you use, but we know, don't we? We know that our lives have so many options open to them in this day and age. So much so that psychologists have coined a new phrase. They call it decision fatigue. It's where we're presented with so many decisions on a day-by-day -day basis that we can become overwhelmed. And our ability to make good choices is weakened and stretched 
because of the sheer number of choices we make on a day-to-day basis. Really successful people have taken this problem and made it into kind of a system. So Steve Jobs, uh, who passed away not too long ago, was famous for basically only having one outfit. He wore like a black turtleneck jumper and jeans, and that was it. The reason was he wanted to eliminate unnecessary decisions from his life so that he could channel his decision-making, his choice-making, into some of the big choices that actually mattered rather than the clothes that he he, he wore. I, I do try and do that myself, actually. I've got quite a minimal wardrobe, you might have noticed. I just have like two pairs of chinos, a few jumpers and shirts and things like that. Not quite as minimal as Steve Jobs, but nonetheless, I think I'll get there one day. Um, but our choices are important. We want to make good choices. We want to honor the Lord with the choices that we make. And I don't know if you're anything like me, perhaps you feel like the choices that you make are not the ones you want to make. And sometimes we end up choosing things that we know are not good for us. Do you know, sometimes we can feel like choices taken out of our hands as well. We can feel like choices are made on our behalf that we don't necessarily agree with. And this goes to the root of our faith. Because Jesus says some really radical stuff and he calls us to choose him, to choose to follow him day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. He chooses us to follow what he commands in his word and that can be really, really difficult. And one of the things that I find hard is the realization that every choice we make Every yes we make is a, is a sort of no to something else. So if I choose to stay home work, stay at work long hours and you know, put in kind of overtime and things like that, uh, I'm choosing to say no to my family and family time and my kids and stuff like that. Every yes we make has an impact on other people. So it's really important that we spend time thinking about our choices. And you'll know if you've met people recently that everybody is super busy, right? So everyone you speak to is like, oh, I can't do that because I'm just so busy. It's so busy at work right now. It's such a really busy season. This is the thing that I'm so guilty of. I'm like, it's just a busy season. We'll get through it and then it'll be, I don't know. I've never really been on the other side of the busy season. Anybody been on the other side of the busy season? There's probably a few of you who have burnt out and actually got to the other side of the busy season. But it can be tempting, can't it, just to say, I'm busy, it's a busy season. As if some elusive quiet day is around the corner when we just get through the busy season. Choices are important when it comes to having a balance in our life, when it comes to prioritizing what we want to prioritize. Do you know what? The power of choice is in your hands. We often feel like it's been taken out of our hands, but choice is in our hands. But I think we all connect with the reality of bad choices. For me, one of my bad choices is around garlic bread. Okay? Have we got any garlic bread lovers in the house? 
This morning, there's a lot of hands going up all across church. Recently, I gave up cakes and sweets and chocolate, but I feel like what that's done is just kind of like shifted over into like eating far too much bready products. This actually happened last night. For, I'd, I'd sort of planned to talk about my garlic bread addiction in the talk, and then last night, lo and behold, we had garlic bread, not just garlic bread. We had some pasta to accompany the garlic bread for supper. And I just like ate far too much garlic bread. I felt full and then we watched a film and then afterwards I went into the kitchen and there was some garlic bread left. It's always the end, isn't it? Always the end. That's such a disappointment, isn't it? You want the middle bit, you know, it's all soft and stuff like that. Always the ends. But I thought, oh, I'll just have a couple of ends. And just went to bed feeling like I'd eaten far too much garlic bread. That was just a little bit of, you know, external processing and sort of community, community confession time. But we all have this reality in our lives that we, we've got priorities. We want to be fit and healthy. We want to live lives that glorify God. We want to make good choices on a day-by-day basis, but it's so hard. And I want us to drill down into the psychology of that a little bit because we use different strategies to make decisions. And this is true across all areas of our life. The first strategy we use is impulsiveness. It's when you see that garlic bread on the side in the kitchen and you just think, boom, I'm not even going to engage the logical brain. Go away, logical brain. I'm just having that. It's when you see something in the shop and you don't really do the maths to figure out whether you can afford it or not. You just think, oh, I really like it. I'm going to make an impulsive decision and just grab it. The first stage is impulsiveness. And then there are also choices that we make by compliance. And what I mean by that is decisions that we make based on what other people think of us. Does that make sense? So we might think, oh, I have to do that because, you know, my mum would have really wanted me to do that or my my dad would have really disapproved if I didn't do that. Uh, Or society at large, you know, kind of thinks that we should do things a certain way. Therefore, we should probably do it a certain way. That's compliance. Then there's delegating, which is no bad thing. And that's giving the power of choice away to somebody else, hopefully that you trust for them to make the choice. And then fourthly, there's avoidance. I don't know if anybody's ever fallen into this category of just feeling overwhelmed and like you don't want to make choice so that you actually avoid making the decision. Some of you have probably got things going on in your lives at the moment that you need to make a decision about, but you're just putting it off. You're just avoiding it because it's easier just to almost ignore it rather than to make the decision. That's um, one strategy when it comes to making decision. Another strategy is balancing, sort of decisions made based on, on balancing priorities. Okay, so you want to weigh up the pros and the cons and say, yeah, this would be good. If I make this choice, uh, these would be the, the consequences. Uh, if I make this choice, these would be the negative outcomes. That's a really good thing to do to weigh things up, to balance things. And then finally, the sort of pinnacle, if you like, the top point of decision making is prioritizing and understanding. And that comes when we weigh up what is really important to us. When we know this is something that is, is really important. Therefore, I will make sure I make choices that prioritize my priorities. 
Because if we don't, life, the busyness of life will just consume us. And before you know it, you're working for somebody else's priorities rather than your own priorities. And I want to I focus on this in, in terms of the claims of Jesus. Because Jesus made some pretty radical claims. Claims to give us rest and life and to be the way to a relationship with God. Jesus said also in John chapter 7, Come to me and I'll give you living water. And uh, those who come to me and receive this living water will kind of give this living water to others. And again, it's, it's a choice that we have to make and we can be like, yes, I want that living water. It sounds restful. It sounds refreshing. And I can also go on and give that to others. We all, I think we want that life, whether we intentionally follow Jesus in this moment or whether we're not quite there yet. I think we like the idea of rest and refreshment. But then Jesus also says some really challenging things. Like in Matthew 16, he says, if you want to be my follower, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Now, that's not something that we can do lightly. It's not something that many of us do impulsively. It's not like Jesus is like, deny yourself, give up your life, take up your cross and follow me. And everyone's like, I'm in, I'm in. It's more... It's more of a reflective. We need to reflect on that. We need to make that intentional choice to choose Jesus on a day-by-day basis. Jesus also claims to be the way to God. John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. What Jesus is saying is that he is the way to a relationship with God. If we want to know God, Jesus is the way. And that is quite a radical claim. And sometimes we're quite happy to make that choice internally. But when it gets challenged or when we're viewed as bigots or narrow-minded people or something that seems like quite, you know, people maybe attack us or disparage us or just say negative things about us, it can be really hard to continue to make that choice. To say, yes, Jesus, you are the way. I trust you. I follow you. I, I recognize that you are the truth. And, and God just generally has such a broad picture of our life. He, he offers us life in all its fullness. This is why I love the person of Jesus. Because Jesus, he takes us out of darkness and he brings us into the light through his death on the cross. He offers us eternal life. He offers us life In this very moment, he offers us a life that has purpose and meaning and where we can actually impact others by doing the works of Jesus, by being his presence in our workplaces and universities and neighborhoods. Jesus offers us this huge, audacious, radical life. It's amazing. And we have to choose to make that choice. And sometimes we make choices that put us in the safe zone. Perhaps we can see the life of Jesus over on that side. Perhaps we know what Jesus offers us. Perhaps we think, yeah, I love the idea of rest. It's, it's sort of over there. But we make choices to lean into our insecurities. We make choices that sort of submit to our anxiety sometimes. We make choices that that keep us in that safe zone away from Jesus. 
I don't know if you resonate with this, but I really do. Because I know that on the other side of my insecurities, I know that on the other side of my weaknesses, I know that on the other side of my fragility, there is this life that Jesus offers. But sometimes I'm really worried what people might think of me. You might be thinking, what if I just put something on my Instagram about how I love Jesus? You you might be thinking, going through that mental process of, what's everyone going to think about me if they know what I believe about Jesus? You might be desperate to kind of do something in your workplace that makes a statement for him. Perhaps it's as simple as reading your Bible. Perhaps it's just encouraging somebody, speaking words of life, but you feel vulnerable. You feel like it's, it's hard and it keeps you in this, like, in this safe zone. And what I want to call us to do today is to kick down the safe zone. Come on. I feel energized. I want to call us to kick it down because... The thing is, God has this awesome vision of our life. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has good things for us. Yes, he calls us to go the hard way, to take up our cross, to lay down our priorities. But his vision is so much more expansive than ours. And I think so often, I know in myself, I know in the people that I meet, there is such gold within us. And we often just put that in the ground because we're scared of what others might think of us. We're scared of how we might look to other people. We're scared of whether what we're doing is socially acceptable or unacceptable. But it's as we kick down some of these insecurities, it's as we push into the uncomfortable that we see God do great things through us. We've got a thing just scrawled up on our chalkboard in our kitchen that says, growth is uncomfortable. And it's a reminder every time I see that, that I'm like, if, if we want to experience something of the life that Jesus has for us, we have to push into the uncomfortable zone out of the comfort zone and into the uncomfortable zone and it feels vulnerable and it feels fragile and it feels hard but if we're to experience what Jesus has for us we need to step into that zone of uncomfortability if I can put it like that so I want to call you today my challenge to you is to press into more and to press into exploring as well So God has so much more for your life than you realize. You know, the scripture says that God can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. And I think sometimes we just get kept into this zone of safety because we're scared of what others might think of us. But on the other side is a vision for our life where God can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. I want to encourage you as well this morning to explore. You might be sat here and thinking, oh, that's really nice, but I'm not sure what I make of this person of Jesus. And that's okay. You are so welcome and you are so in the right place. You might be asking those questions about, is God there? Is there a plan for my life? What's the purpose for my life? I want to encourage you to explore that. Alpha is a great way to explore some of those types of questions in a really safe, informal environment where you can come. And I feel like it's pretty unique in our day and age. 
where you can come and you can bring your questions and you can bring your stuff and you can explore some of those big questions. So I wanna encourage you today, whoever you are, choose more and choose to explore. Because Jesus came to this earth and he laid down his life, not for us to stay in the safe zone, not for us to stay limited by our insecurities and fears, literally wasting our lives because of what other people may or may not think about us. Jesus called us to come and to live a life of abundance, to experience that life to the full that he offers. It's not always easy. It's not always the path of least resistance, but it's the path that leads to life in all its fullness. So can I encourage you today? Can I encourage you today to live for more and to explore in Jesus' name. Shall we stand and pray? Thank you so much for listening to the Preston Minster podcast. We'll see you again soon.